Okay, here we go. It's a sleepy Thursday morning here on First Up, following a very sleepy night down at Scotiabank Arena, most notably for Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Leaf, the Leafs, I should say, dismantle Chicago 5-2. No surprise, and no surprise that it's Aaron Karolnik and Carlo Koliakovo here on TSN 1050. Coco. A lot of hype last night. I know you were building up the game on Overdrive, the new NHL insider at TSN, and I guess depending on how you looked at it, I mean, the game was much exactly what we thought it was going to be, save maybe some theatrics from Patrick Kane. Not much there. Not much there. Ah, I mean, I think the word <laughs> you use is fitting. Uh, sleepy, for sure. Like uh, Kane. Sheldon, Sheldon <laughs> not Keefe, interested. Sheldon Keefe shared the same sentiment. It was kind of a lifeless game, right? I mean... But, look, those are always tough games to play, you know, especially when you're uh, a team as good as the Maple Leafs because you're, you're, you're welcoming an opponent that played the night before, really doesn't have much to play for on the season, and you're expected to, you know, at least come show up and perform and play your game. And credit to the Maple Leafs. They didn't waste any time. Nine seconds into the game, they let the Chicago Blackhawks know that they were play, there to play and, they had a three-goal outburst in the first period and found a way to cruise the victory in a 5-2 victory. And, yeah, Patrick Kane was the center of attention coming into the night because of the, uh, the, the because way of his you. game. Because, because of you. Because of you. That's why. That is why. Uh, look, I, I, sure, because of me. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody has refuted what I, You're what right. Said no, I'm, it, well, I'm, right? I'm not saying that it's not true. I, I guess it is funny, though. I, I don't know if the, you're in many uh, group chats with Leaf fans, as am I, as a lot. I'm sure many people listening. I don't know if it's if it's <laughs> well. There's definitely just you know, an overreaction. But after last night, everyone's like, "No chance. I don't want Kane." <laughs> but three hours prior, it's like Patrick Kane, Con yeah. Smythe, three times. <laughs> but yeah. it, you, I think everyone, if you watch hockey, if you even if you don't watch hockey, you watch that game last night. I, I get it. You don't try to derive too much from a singular performance, but Kane and and really the Chicago Blackhawks as a whole were completely disinterested. Mm-hmm. And there was not a lot of gusto, a lot of effort, a lot of passion, energy from that team. And I, I don't know why I thought that Kane was just going to come out and put on a show and be dancing around and dangling everybody and looking like vintage Patrick Kane. But and, and I also can't pretend to, to to say that I've watched every Blackhawks game this year. And maybe this is the norm for him and for this team. I mean, they're horrible. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL. But I mean, if he was trying to showcase his talents to Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, he did not do a good job of that. And, and no, he absolutely did not. And I think people with hockey knowledge would be fools to use last night as, um, you know, as a showcase for Patrick Kane. Clearly, you know, you don't you don't really focus on one game. Max Domi touched on it best saying that he basically spoke on behalf of Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane was not not made available to the media. <laughs> He's like, game. I'm not dealing with this tonight. And, and, <laughs> I mean, again, do you blame him? I mean, this is a guy that's probably has not made up his mind yet and does not want to be involved in some of the 
um, speculation that's out there. And just he, if you if you listen to what Max Domi said, he's struggling with this. You know, like this is a guy that is facing the reality of playing potentially playing somewhere else. Are the Maple Leafs uh, that that place that he's envisioning? Probably, but again. I think what people have to come to an understanding is just because Patrick Kane wants to play for the Maple Leafs, we don't even know if the Maple Leafs want Patrick Kane. And 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 if and you touched on it best, if last night was his showcase to the team, didn't do a good job selling himself. But again, if you're acquiring a guy like Patrick Kane, you, I mean, you heard a lot of the Maple Leafs talk about him prior to the game yesterday with Mark Masters. Everybody knows who he is and what he can do. You don't need to watch a game last night and say, and, and, and try to make a decision on a guy that has had a Hall of Fame career. But, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to play out afterwards. But, again, I, you know, I, I, like I said before, nobody has refuted what I said. And I don't think anybody should refute what I said because what I shared was a legit you know, uh, came from a legit source. It's yes. I think so. I think so should, go ahead. Just to refresh, and maybe if someone missed uh, the last couple of days of sports radio, which is which has been hard to miss because the number of people yesterday who texted me about um, your overdrive appearance, even prior to that, just all the discussions surrounding Kane, it's been the dominant story in the city. Over the last, let's call it, thirty-six hours, and because there's excitement you on, it. If you have the attention, well, and and and, to, and rightfully to, to so, add Patrick Kane, it's exciting. Patrick Kane is one of the best players in the last twenty years, without a doubt. A three-time Cup champion, a Conn Smythe winner, a surefire Hall of Famer, one of the most dynamic point producers we've seen in this game. Again, in the last twenty years, and this year, like last night, for instance, he was playing with Domi and Kurashev. I mean, I, I the, you know those guys are fine. They're they're NHL players, but you know you slide them in with Tavares and Mitch Marner. I think he, his performance probably looks a little bit different. But it, it's a two way street with Kane, and and I'm almost surprised that this subject. Well, I don't know when this is. I don't, I don't know when or if this is ever going to die out because there will be another rumor that emerges some point soon. It's like, all right, the Leafs are one of the front runners for Timo Meyer, or the Leafs are really in on. I don't know, Luke Shen or something, because we're two, just, just two plus weeks to the deadline, and this is going to be one of the most entertaining deadlines I think we've seen in a long time, because there's some really big-name guys that can make an impact, and where Patrick Kane is on that list, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure, and he's not above Eric Carlson. He's not above Timo Meyer, but he's probably in that next list where, you know, Ryan O'Reilly... Probably somewhere like Lumpton and Megas Jonathan Taves who didn't play last night. But I think a lot of this has to do with he's one of the most like famous hockey players on the planet, and all the accomplishments and the excitement surrounding it. It would just be, and we talked about this yesterday, uh, a fantasy hockey NHL twenty three type move. But I, I, I got to be honest, I, I and I, I'm always honest with you, Coco. I was really disappointed with the performance from it, and, and I'm not trying to judge a player based on a singular evening because again that would be just dumb and irresponsible but considering he he knows everything that's being said about him he's not stupid i mean he has a mm-hmm. cellular phone right 
like maybe mixing a back check once in a while here, maybe like look <laughs> like you're trying to play a little bit of defense because yeah. if he like that, that the Austin Matthews goal last night in particular, if that happened as a Maple Leaf, we would torch him for four hours because he couldn't give the slightest you know what <laughs> on that goal. He's just like you know fishing with his with his stick, like not moving his feet, nothing. And that's the type of performance you would get as a Maple Leaf. He will not be a fan favorite. I can put, I can, I can, I can tell you that for certain. But mm. I mean, this is a conversation that's going to continue throughout the day. We'll make an evaluation on him, and we'll see him again on Sunday, uh, where the Leafs are are in Chicago. But I mean, I think there's a lot of positives Leaf wise yesterday. Like Austin Matthews' return, I thought he looked awesome against Chicago. So yeah, <laughs> who really knows? Nylander was just crushing these guys, yeah. as you'd expect. The Leafs are so much better than Chicago. They were the biggest favorite of the season, I believe. What they minus six ten on Fanduel yeah, when it was all said and done. Moved up to, the Leafs, yeah. the Leafs kicked the ass of an absolutely trash team that's about to get way worse yeah. <laughs> after the trade deadline. Man, they might trade Kane, Taves. Domi, McCabe, like all their best players are going to be gone. <laughs> Who the hell are they going to put out there? It's going to be right. just disgusting. And, and look, j- just just to, to share the player perspective at all this, it's probably really, really hard for Patrick Aid to get up for some of these games because he's got nothing to play for, right? And he's got no one to play with. And so you'd have to think that with the resume that he's created for himself – any type of trade that brings him to a new place with new hope would create a jolt in his mentality, create a spark in his game, make him a little bit more excited to play hockey. Because if he lives by the nickname he created for himself, Showtime, because he is he was Showtime in big moments, you know, that's that's ultimately when when and if you're acquiring a player like him, that's the player you're expecting to get, not the player that you saw last night. So, again, not to put too much into it, not to not to expand on it too much further. You're absolutely right. It didn't do a good job showcasing himself, but Patrick Kane doesn't need to showcase himself in one game. When you make a move like that, you know what you're acquiring. And at the end of the day, this is all going to come down to, in a couple days, we're going to find out whether or not he has made a decision to leave Chicago, whether or not the Maple Leafs are still the only team on his list after the Rangers have basically filled his spot, or do the Rangers find a way to make his acquisition work too and they acquire him as well? Or does another team pop up on his desired destinations of, of to, a place yeah, to play. May, may, maybe maybe you know? Boston's like, hey, Patty, you want to come play here? And he'd be like, right. yeah, all right, sweet. Let's so do much it. can change. And, and again, I, I shared this on Overdrive yesterday, and I believe I talked about this on our show. When I spoke to my source about Patrick Kane's situation, this was before I left for, for Florida, before the Tarasenko trade. And... You heard Patrick. What if we heard a player be so disappointed about another team's trade? Well, clearly we did with Patrick Cade because that was the spot he was hoping to go if he got traded. Now, can it still happen? Maybe miracles do happen. And and if and if he goes <laughs> and if he goes to Kyle Davidson in two days from now and says, "Look, I've made up my mind. I want to get traded. Please do whatever you can." 
to trade me to the Rangers. Well, if 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 that or or or, or the Maple Leafs, if those are the two teams that he still has a desire to play for, well, yeah, Chicago loses a lot of leverage, but Chicago has to also help the teams that that he wants to go to make the the trade, you know, uh, doable. Right, make it work. You know, with, with yeah, the make it work. Of course, there, there's probably yeah. gonna have to be a third broker that's gonna have to receive some some compensation and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens here. It's gonna be exciting next couple of days, that's for sure. What about a follow up text to your source this morning? Maybe we could report back what he or she has to say on the latest with Patrick Kane. Anything we could make that happen? See, look, I'm not an insider. I don't want to be an insider. There <laughs> Not, will be, I, we're just there looking will for be, this one instance. There will be an appropriate time where there will be a follow-up, but you have to understand, like, I don't want to go searching for scoops when it's when, when it's meant to, <laughs> to, to, to be shared, mm-hmm. it'll be shared, and in due time, it will. Wow. You cannot miss a minute of first up today. Tomorrow, I think we're off Monday, but next week because Carlo yes! may indeed follow up. Yes, may indeed follow up <laughs> with the source on Patrick Kane. I've been trying to figure out who it is. People ask me, "Who do you think Carlo's source is?" I think I figured it out. No, I'll, I'll we'll discuss it in the break. I don't know. I know you. I know you pretty well, buddy. But, All right. So it's Aaron Karolnik. Like, like when 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 insiders come up with their information or their scoops do people say where did you get your source like people ask me who's your source who's your source it's like what does it matter <laughs> well, you're who a journalist my source is? no you know like well i mean like your source i still was. talk to a lot of people in the nhl a lot of people so do people not remember you were part of the shutdown pair that 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 just took apart patrick kane jonathan taves marion hosa back in 2010 with the st louis blues do people forget that I don't think, think so. so. Don't think, think so. so. No, absolutely yeah. not. Aaron Karolnik, Carlo Koliakov, although it says Frankie Corrado on our lineup. Don't think you're Frankie. I did speak to Frankie yesterday. Good morning, Frank, who usually listens to the 6 o'clock hour. We've got a very busy show today. Uh, Mike Johnson, our hockey analyst, will join us at 745. James Duffy, back from Arizona. All right. Uh, we'll talk to James about his Super Bowl experience and look ahead to the Genesis Open which begins this afternoon, I guess this morning, down in California. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Justin Thomas tee off just after 3 o'clock. We'll open up the phone lines for Wake Up Woodbridge. Have your voice heard on Kane and the Maple Leafs. We'll talk to Matt Barry at 930, who is an XFL broadcaster wow. for ESPN. Yes. That begins this week. No He's by play voice. The Brahmas, the San Antonio Brahmas, our team here on First Stop. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe of the Maple Leafs on the other side. Not a lot to take away from last night's 5-2 win over the Blackhawks. That, according to him, we'll let you hear it next. So beyond having a spotlight on one number 88 for the Blackhawks last night, Patrick Kane, who really didn't do much in perhaps his showcase performance for the Maple Leafs, the Leafs as a whole, I mean, they had a really, really strong performance against one of, if not the worst teams in the National Hockey League. Ilya Samsonov, another win on home ice. No surprise there, a 5-2 win for Toronto. William Nylander scored, as did Austin Matthews, a beauty, a vintage Austin Matthews snipe past Peter Mrazek, who still bad, still bad. Nothing is, <laughs> nothing has really changed on that front, uh, especially when you consider the John Tavares goal, where 
I guess that was kind of his defenseman who screwed up, but Mrazek was way out of position. An easy tap-in for Tavares. Rasmus Sandin scored as well on a weird deflection from a Blackhawks defenseman that went right through Mrazek. And Connor Timmins. Uh, he, that was a great shot by Connor Timmins, a perfectly yeah. placed slap shot, a clapper from the point, and got past Barazic, which I believe that was the fifth goal last night. Timmins was in for Justin Hall. Of course, Austin Matthews back in the lineup after missing five games with that knee injury. And I think with regards to number 34 in particular, there were some people who were surprised. Like, oh, wow, he's coming back really quickly. The Leafs really have no reason to rush him back, and that was not the case. I mean, clearly he is 100% raring to go, and... He looked vintage Austin Matthews to me last night, Coco. Yeah, 16 minutes and 37, 39 seconds of ice time. Um, he looked like he was fresh. He was hungry. Um, and, you know, looked like whatever was ailing him didn't seem to bother him at all. So that's, you know, a, a good welcome back for, for Austin Matthews. Um, you know, it didn't take him or his line long to get going, which was uh, uh, you know, a, a nice way to look at things, and but uh, all in all, you know, you look at the, the guys that have, that stepped up yesterday. Nylander, obviously, with with three points, scoring his thirtieth goal of the season. Who and who is on pace for ninety five points this season? He's so, on pace for ninety five. Really, he's on pace for ninety five points. So credit to Nylander, man. This guy is really having a breakout year and amazing, taking his game to, game to another level, and obviously. Playing with Austin Matthews probably, you know, created a little bit of a spark in his game too. Made him a little bit more excited to have him back, and it helped balance the other lines out. I mean, even the goal that was disallowed—it was the highlight reel play oh, toe drag by Mitch Marner. It's beautiful <laughs> uh, to Kerfoot, and you know, it's nice to see you know Kerfoot back on the second line with Tavares and Marner have himself a game as well too. Um, you know, setting up uh, John uh, John Tavares with his goal who. John Tavares right now. I mean, you talk about the the man of the the definition of consistency with this guy. You know, twenty four goals that he has on the year uh, for himself, and you know Kerfoot, like I said, playing alongside Marner, a guy that lost his spot for the majority of the season. You know, trying to tread water and find his game playing in the bottom six. Now getting a chance to play back in the top six for a first first game showcase. I thought played really well and. You mentioned the back end, um, Connor Timmins. I mean, just seems like every time this guy plays, he finds a way to get himself on the score sheet. And, you know, there was a lot of players commenting on the shot that he possesses, and we saw a good example of that uh, yesterday. And, you know, 13 points in 19 games. Um, you know, it's this is a guy that they've, they've committed to for the next two seasons, and good for him to, to actually um, – you know, put himself in a position in a in a new situation to give himself that security because he has played well when he's played. And again, to go back to the quote from Sheldon Keith, "Don't give me an excuse," right? And, and what he means by that is, "Don't give me an excuse for you not to be in the lineup." You come in, you know, we're not really going to feel sorry for you because you haven't been in. It's your job to keep ready and stay ready so that when you come in, you play the way you're supposed to play. And I think for Connor Timmins, he's at least bought himself at least another couple games. Um, you know, uh, for an audition. Yeah, for sure. And Leafs play Montreal on Saturday night and then Chicago again on Sunday. Those are two very winnable games for the Maple Leafs. And we did talk about Sheldon Keefe's comments about not taking away too much from the game, which is not not very complimentary of Chicago. Uh, let's hear 
Sheldon Keefe explaining why you can't really derive much from last night against the Blackhawks. The entire team in here in a back-to-back, and it's you know it, it, it's a team that's you know a team. I, I didn't think the game had much life to it. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's not not what you not what you come to expect. Uh, you know, in the in terms of what it's like to play in the NHL, and you know, there was a lot of emotion in the game today. It's, you know, so it, it's a game that we're happy to get through with two points. Well, let's let's isolate the part where Keith was like, "It's a team that." Uh, uh, that is horrible. Yes, you're right, Sheldon. Let me let me fill in the blank there for you. And I'm listen. Like the Leafs were enormous favorites in that game. They were rested. Chicago was tired from the night before. Chicago's also stinks even when they're rested. So yeah, the Leafs should beat up on them. But I don't know if there's nothing you can take away from the game. I mean, I think the the biggest thing for the Leafs is that Matthews is back, healthy, and looking like Austin Matthews. And not that there was ever de- any doubt that was going to happen. And we all, like, you know, you assume it wasn't a serious injury. It's not like he had the same injury that Morgan Riley had where he missed almost six weeks. This was three weeks, and they were probably, he probably could have returned sooner if it was necessary. He looked like he was healthy, but I guess I do agree with Keith when it's just like, man, you look at across the other bench and you're like, oh, man, this team is just terrible. Look, it's it, tough it, as it's a team that's. <laughs> yeah, I had to think twice about what the word he was going to use to describe them. And look, like I said earlier, that 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 is a tough game to play for the Maple Leafs because you know before you're going in. I mean, they were they moved up to minus six twenty favorites. It's crazy. I mean, that, that was it's incredible to see a hockey game, you know, have that type of line. And you know, it, it, you could you could. Treat that game two ways. You can show up to the game because you have to play it and find yourself on the losing end, or you can show up because you have to play it and find a way to get the result that the Maple Leafs did last night. And that's ultimately did. But you know, you were you were trying to describe some of the first period goals uh, a couple minutes ago, and all I could think about because this was a conversation that came up with my Leaf buddies. Can you believe the Maple Leafs gave Peter Mrazek a three-year deal <laughs> to be the goalie of this team? Oof. Three-year, $3.75 million. It's like We talk about uh, revenge narratives. There were a couple people last, yesterday like, oh, Mrazek might be pissed off about the way he was treated by the Leafs. Like, he was treated incredibly well by the Maple Leafs. No this guy is set financially for life. He is a sieve. A sieve. He is the centerpiece to the Chicago Blackhawks. Tank for Bedard. And do they ever need him in the worst way? We, we saw Columbus... Uh, what was it, last week mm-hmm. uh, against Toronto a couple times. Like, they are way better than Chicago, like way better. And they're not oh, they good have, either. Well, hold on a second. They have better players than yes. Chicago. Are they way better? I mean, they have, they're one point, <laughs> I think they have, they have they're one point worse than the, than the Chicago Blackhawks right now. So I can't imagine being a fan of either of those teams right now. I, I do pity. I guess the Blackhawks, they had okay, a, but, lot but here's the thing, a lot of okay? good years. You want to compare Chicago and Columbus. If one of those teams, which team right now would benefit the most out of those two teams at getting Connor Bedard? I think it's equal. I mean, no, I don't think not. I, 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 how how would, how would it not, not be even equal? close to equal? Okay, so if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets and you put Connor Bedard in that lineup with Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Laine, are you not a hell of a lot better next year? Of course, that, but than the Chicago for... Black. Who's oh, you might be better. You with? might be better. You might be better for Columbus, but it's not. Connor Bedard's not coming in and going LeBron James and single-handedly turning around a franchise and making them a winning team. 
Well, he is. He'll be part if, of that. He he is if he puts him if he finds himself in the right situation with the right players. If he goes into Chicago, and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are not there, who the hell is he going to come and play into the league with next year? Man, he's playing with Sam Lafferty and Kurashev. <laughs> come on, what are do you, you know what about? I mean? No, like, no, that that is fair. That is fair. I, At least I, if, if, if Bedard would come in and play with legit NHL players in Columbus, right? Like what I'm saying is like if you're measuring those two teams. And which team would would benefit more and make a bigger leap and quicker leap to success out of those two teams? It's hands down Columbus because Columbus yeah, for, at for least has year, sure. good players locked in, and he has a chance. It's like Johnny Goudreau was one year away from being a hundred point guy, and and not to say he couldn't be that this year. I mean, Columbus has gone through a, a ton of injuries, but you got Kent Johnson, Boone Jenner. Yeah, there's some nice Wierenski coming back. Wierenski yeah, no, sure. coming back. So we'll, we'll we'll get to that at the top of the seven o'clock hour. Also, this text coming in. This Patrick Kane showcase game talk is nauseating. Ridiculous to think a guy like that needs to showcase anything for anyone. Completely disagree with that. We'll get to that at the top of the seven o'clock hour. And coming up on the other side, we have great take or mistake Bang. with our man. Jeez, looking forward to that. Looking forward to Mike Johnson and James Duthie as well. It's Thursday morning here on First Up. You're listening to TSN 1050. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. And once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. Our first clue for the Reveal That Raptor contest. This Raptor played for eight separate teams during his 12-year career. Scandalous lyrics here on First Up. Karolnik Koliakovo, our man Cheese, will join us in just a moment. We've got tickets to the Toronto Raptors game next week to give away in the First Up podcast. So if you're not already subscribed, we advise you do so. And if you could find the mystery clues hidden in the pod, you and a friend could be going to see the Raps and I think it's the New Orleans Pelicans next week. This is the great take or mistake part of the show. Let's bring him in. It's cheese. What's going on, buddy? How you feeling? Feeling lovely, lovely. Always happy to be with <laughs> you boys. Nice. You, you sound very enthused. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, sound you, like Patrick you know Kane. Enough. Feeling, feeling lovely. Feeling lovely. Yes. Yes. Cheese is replicating what Patrick Kane would have said had he done a media availability last night. That's right. That's right. Ahead, I Chiefs. didn't take I didn't take a five two thumping. So I mean I, I I'm feeling good. I'm excited to be here. Let's start out with the Leafs. Mikey Anderson's eight year extension at four point one million is a good comparable for what Timothy Lilligren's extension might look like this summer or next. He's not available for an extension until after this season, correct? Because he signed a two year deal. Correct. Yeah. Uh, after after this summer, they can extend him, I believe. Yeah. I I don't know if Kyle Dubas is in position to start negotiating that type of contract, at least not while uh, guys like TJ Brody are still on the books and the cap is probably not going to move up 
that much because, you know, as much as Kyle Dubas, his contract is still up in the air, the focus for him has to be year to year with this team as long as two of the big or one, any of the big three contracts are still intact with this team. Because once those big contracts are up with Nylander, Matthews, yeah, everybody hopes that they stay here long term. But you just don't know what the future of those guys is and what type of money you're going to have to pay those guys and what type of money you're going to have available to pay the rest of your lineup. So I, I don't I don't like Mikey Anderson got the same contract as as Mikel Samuelson. Those are two Buffalo, players yeah. that play a quiet game. Very quiet. I, I, I don't. I, I think it's still early to try to evaluate where Timothy Lilligren's future and salary uh, ceiling will be with this team. Yeah, I agree. And every time I see a deal like Mikey Anderson's or Samuelson's, I just think when you and Del Zotto and Corrado look at your phone, former NHL defenseman, you look at these deals, you're like, what? Excuse yeah. me? At what, I'm glad I, you I, said that. Like Max, like, I mean, this guy's got two goals in 55 games. Really good defenseman, block shots, hits like a truck. Great. But he's got two goals, and he's got what, an eight-year term at 4.1? Like, listen, I, I don't, I'm not trying to disparage Mikey Anderson it, here, man. but I think it's just uh, <laughs> a byproduct of a, a weird place in the National Hockey League where guys like Samuelson and Mikey Anderson are getting eight-year deals. Like, I what? remember talking to a guy from Buffalo, and I said, Okay, help me understand this eight-year contract. And he said to me, he goes, you don't understand. Halfway through this contract, this is going to be a bargain. And I'm like, what? what? He's not, How's he's it not, gonna it's be not a Rasmus Dahlin we're talking uh, about. I, I, like, are we on. going back to paying defensive defensemen? I mean, I thought this league has transitioned to point-producing defensemen are the ones that get paid big money. How is this going to be a bargain? How is his salary and it going to change? Going to be more than four million dollars that you're paying him? Is, is he going to block more years? shots? Like, is he going to? I don't get it. Have more hits or more penalty kill time? Like, again, I, I don't. No, nor do I. And I'm not. This is not. Mike, we're not we're trying to like candy. We're not trying to rain on Mikey Anderson's parade. Good for him. But I mean, yeah, hey, always I, good I for the player. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. What's next, cheese? Uh, speaking of defensemen putting up points, Connor Timmins is our next subject. Connor Timmins will play more games rest of the season than Justin Hall. I think that is a is a mistake. That's definitely a mistake. Justin Hall has been a mainstay for the Toronto Maple Leafs all year long. They were giving him a reset. That being said, do I think Justin Hall will be in the lineup on Saturday night? Not so sure. I would probably guess Timmins, considering his performance yesterday, scored a goal. He'll probably be back. But I think... They probably make the swap back for Sunday's game against Chicago. You'll see Justin Hall back. He's a big part of this team going forward, although many fans cringe when those words are uttered. Justin Hall is going to be part of the Maple Leafs' top six heading into the playoffs, barring some trade, and I don't think Connor Timmins has taken his place on the Maple Leafs roster. Yeah, I think that's... So what's the name of this segment again? Take or mistake? Great take or Great mistake. Take. Yes, I think that's a mistake to sort of completely eliminate Justin Hall from this team's lineup. I mean, he's played 54 games this year. Um, he's a guy that you know what you're going to get. And and look, I think what you want as a coach is you want guys to push guys to play better. And clearly Justin Hall had himself a bad game. And look, he went through a bad stretch early on in this season as well, too. And he found a way to bounce back from that. And I expect him to do the same thing here. 
if you're going into a playoff series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, do you want a guy that has had experience in the last couple of years playing in the playoffs with this team, or do you want a guy in Connor Timmins that has had no experience playing for this team? I would have to look back, but I'm quite sure that Justin Hall was actually a scratch to start the series against Tampa last year. The first couple of games, at least, I think it was Lilligren who was in over him, and then they swapped him out. Maybe it was before game three or game four. I'll have to go back and look at that, but I, I don't see that happening again this year. I think Hall has established himself, and I think Carter Timmons has been really impressive. Don't get me wrong. 13 points in 19 games. That goal last night, he's got a good shot. He's been a really good pickup for the Toronto Maple Leafs at a position they, at the time, desperately needed some depth. Uh, but that's not a shot at, at Timmons, not a shot at Justin Hall. I think just the, the role that Hall plays is going to be more important down the stretch here for the Leafs than, than for Connor Timmons. And for that reason, I think it's Hall. So it's a mistake. Cheese, next. One more hockey one in terms of trade destinations. The best on-paper fit for Timo Meyer is New Jersey. And I would just like to point out that this uh, gives the potential to see Meyer and Heeshear on the same line. That would be the Swiss cheese line. Oh, I love nice. that. Do they have a third guy from Switzerland on that team? Maybe we could maybe they could trade for somebody. I don't That's know off the top question. of my head. I don't think so. I mm. believe they have a defenseman who's Swiss, and I'm trying to th- remember how to say his name. It's a weird one. It's a it's a long, long name. Just trying to find it, but. Look, I, I think that's a great take. Um, I think if, when you look at the New Jersey Devils and the way they're trending and the players they're building around, you put Timo Meyer into that lineup, their top six is legit. Absolutely legit. I mean, with Brad, Hughes, Heischer, um, Palat, who they signed in the offseason. I mean, it's nasty. It's a good team. Yeah, nasty. By the way, the defenseman, the Swiss defenseman, is Siegenthaler. Um, so it would be Swiss cheese um, in uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> well, I, I think, look, Timo Meyer would be an unbelievable fit for any team that would acquire him. This guy's got 30 goals already. He's a big power forward as well, too. He's still young. Uh, but I, I honestly think, like, as much as I would love for the Maple Leafs to try to acquire like a guy like that and keep him around long term, it's probably harder for them cap-wise. But I think New Jersey is, presents the perfect fit for him. Totally agree. New Jersey could also trade for Dennis Malgin, a uh, Swiss legend, who there I believe go. plays for... <laughs> where's Malgin playing now? Colorado. Oh, Colorado. God, yeah. he's going to win a Stanley Cup, isn't he? Definitely. You're a nemesis, <laughs> Dennis Malgin. Jeez, go ahead. Baseball is back in 39 days, but I mean, who's counting? Oh, yes, that's me. The Blue Jays will have a top five outfield defense in baseball this season. They've got Kevin Kiermeyer, Dalton Varsho, and George Springer as regulars. I think that is a great take. I think that's like a, a lock almost. Varsho and Kiermeyer is one of the best defensive players the last 20 years. Guy's unbelievable in the outfield. Yes, he's getting up there a little bit as far as the years go. But even last year, in spite of that injury he was dealing with to his hip, still an exceptional defender. Varsho and left's going to be awesome. I mean, we've seen it time and time again in Arizona. I stayed up late, night after night, just to tune into D-backs games to see Dalton Varsho out there. Patrol in left field making great defensive plays. Okay, that's not true. But in any case, you know, Fangraph says he's good, so I believe it. And George Springer, I mean, I think about how great he was in center 
um, and then just all the all the acrobatic plays he was making, how athletic he is. Sliding him over to right make, might make him even better, and he'll be. I think he'll be an excellent right fielder. So I love the Jays' outfield defense. I love basically everything I've seen from the Jays so far in spring training. How things are shaping up. A lot of excitement. Thirty nine days, baby. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think this is a great take, just because you know you've seen the 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 credentials that a guy like Varsho represents and that he brings over to this. Uh, Blue Jays defense and lineup, uh, you know, both defense and at the plate. We all know what George Springer can do and who he is. And Kevin Kiermaier, I mean, we've watched this guy torch the Blue Jays in the outfield in Tampa Bay for years. And now, especially with the new outfield that's coming in at Rogers Center, where they're moving the fences in a little bit, they're going to have a new look, new feel back there. I think it's that that's going to excite the players as well, too. And I think... You know, just 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 those players alone, as we talked about, gives the uh, the Blue Jays a massive upgrade defensively in the outfield. Cheese, we got one minute left. All right, let's do it. With Kawhi Leonard returning to his elite form since the new year, the Clippers to win the NBA title at plus twelve hundred is a savvy bet. Let me just point out that in the new year, since the calendar flipped, av- uh, Leonard is averaging twenty-seven points, four assists two steals almost 50 percent from three from the field guys it looks like claw is back he's playing like every other game too you know they reduced Kawhi and paul george's minutes heading into the all-star break like they're not playing their full workload they're trying to like load manage them they're playing the games not back-to-backs just Uh, in the singular games man the nba yeah they got a major problem it's it's an, an embarrassment what's going on right now in that league that being said to answer your question cheese I think that's a mistake. I I don't really buy the Clippers at all. And I get it. Kawhi and Paul George are rocking and rolling. They're doing their thing. They're looking somewhat vintage. But Kawhi's not the same player that he was in 2019 for the Raptors, especially defensively. And that's where you could argue he made his almost his biggest impact, guarding Giannis and doing those incredible things he did on both sides of the floor. So I'm I'm not backing the Clippers, who are... Just not a team I would be willing to financially stake. (laughs) Sorry, Kawhi. Sorry. What to do, baby? What to do? Um, I'm with you on this one. As much as I love Kawhi Leonard, I mean, everything that he helped Raptors fans share and celebrate will never go, um, you know, lost in my mind. But he's clearly not the same player. And I don't think... The reason why Kawhi fits so good with the Raptors is because they already had an identity before he showed up. They were one of the league's best defensive teams. You put one of the best defensive players in that system, it just makes him and everybody around him better. The Clippers don't have that DNA of being a great defensive team. Uh, you know, Paul George has not lived anywhere up to his potential or anywhere up to his superstardom that he, you know, built his name around from Oklahoma City going to the LA Clippers. That team's been a mess. They'll be competitive in the West, but clearly the team that that I'm picking to come out of the West right now in a close Western Conference is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, really? Phoenix Suns, you like you like Phoenix you like Phoenix better than Denver? Dude, they added Durant without giving up Booker or Aiton. And they've got Chris Paul there. Like, come on. Denver's Denver's 27-4 at home. I mean, you know, they're having an amazing season. They're going to have home court throughout the playoffs. I would love to see Denver win. I I love watching Jokic play. Jamal Murray, the Canadian there. Side bet? 
side bet. I'll take Denver. You can have Phoenix. Sure, absolutely. Done. Let's do $50. it. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. I don't think. Is. I don't think we've ever paid a single wager to one Let's another. Let's make it five hundred. You would. You would be bankrupt. <laughs> I would be actually, bankrupt. What do you mean? That's right. I don't know. Actually, we've made so many stupid bets over the years, like about this happening or that happening. I, I wish I've literally won up. all my Super Bowl bets against you. So I had the Chiefs. You were the Eagles. No, you didn't. I had the Chiefs and the Eagles. You picked the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, you're talking about that Super Bowl pool we talked about. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. yes. yeah, that's true. That is true. Yes. I get sec. I had second pick. I had no chance. Should never have given you second pick. Bad decision. Bad decision. Anyway, we'll pick get back to pick San Fran. <laughs> well, dude, Brock Purdy's elbow exploded. How was I yeah, supposed to know that was going to happen? That's we'll get true. back to the Leafs and what Max Domi had to say. About Patrick Kane and the trade rumors at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. On the other side, we'll get into a busy night in the world of sports in both the NHL and the NBA. As First Up continues with the scoreboard next. We begin the First Up scoreboard in Toronto, where the Maple Leafs beat the Chicago Blackhawks, the lowly Blackhawks, 5-2 to two last night, a result that should surprise no one. What Sheldon Keefe and Max Domi had to say about the game might surprise a lot of people. We'll let you hear both of those men commenting on the win for the Leafs and the loss of the Blackhawks in about 10 minutes. How about the Edmonton Oilers? They're at home. They've got Detroit coming in. It was point night, right? Well, kind of. But ultimately, Detroit puts up five in a shootout win over Edmonton. Really a game that the Oilers dominated. I mean, 45 shots on goal for Edmonton, just 23 for Detroit. And Jack Gamble couldn't really find a save last night. That's a tough loss for Edmonton. They need points. Yeah, they absolutely do. And that's, I think that's Detroit's third win in a row, too. So they're kind of playing hot themselves, but... Buried in that story was Connor McDavid, who recorded his 99th point of the season. He's well, at two, two or three last night. Two we or three last two, night. Two. He was going in with 97. <laughs> and <laughs> 55 games, 99 points. Crazy that this guy's going to hit the century point next game uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And nobody's even talking about it. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about it. It's just become obvious that this guy is going to obliterate oh, I know. everybody else. It's just how many is he going to get? No, it's, yeah, like 140 maybe, 150. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And uh, it's, uh, that's definitely a nice storyline for the second half of the season. Although I think for Oilers fans, they'd much rather wins than McDavid points. True. And Very they're going to need true. to keep the puck out of their own net if they want to win hockey games. How about... The Tampa Bay Lightning losing one nothing to Arizona in a shootout. Yeah. No goals. Imagine you go to that game and go to Mullet Arena. You're sitting there with 4,500 people in the desert. Not yeah. a single goal is scored. Connor Ingram, a 47-save shutout. Brian Elliott on the other yeah. side for the Lightning. Most Very saves. rare. Most saves by Connor Ingram in a first NHL shutout game. So, congratulations to him. Man, he was a wall last night. He had like 30 saves. Like ten, like ten minutes into the second period, and people are on the, <laughs> like, saw, "Oh wow!" Like, what's going on? We saw Mandelezzi. We saw Mandelezzi, the uh, Italian stallion for the Ottawa uh-huh. Senators, the night before, make what forty-five, forty-six saves, right. and nothing compared to what Connor Ingram did. So, but, uh, both were good. Both were good. with that win last night. The Arizona Coyotes extended their seven-game unbeaten streak. This is a team that is supposed to be tanking, and they have a seven-game unbeaten streak. What? And Clayton Keller was was quoted yesterday after the game saying, 
we got a good burst of energy over the break. I'm sure the GMs are not too happy about it. <laughs> Yikes. Yes. I wonder how quickly they're going to pull that Jacob Chickering trade now and say, we need to start trading guys out of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chicago doesn't seem to be affecting them. We'll get to the Blackhawks on their side quickly. Kyrie Irving out last night. Had lower back back stiffness. Shocker. (laughs) Uh, Dallas loses 118 to 109 to my Denver Nuggets. The second hour of first up on the way on the other side. Welcome in Mike Johnson and we'll get to the big story in Toronto over the last couple of days. Patrick Kane in Toronto. What did he do to intrigue the Maple Leafs, if anything? Or maybe he did the exact opposite uh, as the Leafs win 5-2 over the lowly Blackhawks. We'll get into that story next to begin the second hour.